Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And each week we find someone of interest to talk about it with. And on the Skype line, concluding our New York Comic Con coverage, we've got Dominic Jones from the Star Wars Underworld.com and Star Wars Underworld podcast. How are you doing, Dominic? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm just wandering around lost the New York Convention Center now because there's nobody here. It's all over. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. I'm back. I'm back home. I'm back home. I'm sad. Comic-Con's over. Convention season is over. It's, it's, if, if there wasn't a movie coming out in about 60-some-odd days, I'd be really upset. Yeah, well, there is. Yeah, so I'm not. I, I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good. So we're fine. I, I, you know. I have gone to... Yeah, got- Last year, I had to go back, uh, not not this year's Comic-Con, but last year, I, I actually lost my passport at Comic-Con and didn't realize oh until I got home. No. And thankfully, they, they had it there. And I, I was actually quite confident if I'd lost it in Comic-Con, it would get handed in just because Comic-Con people sure. are great people. And I drove yeah. back... I th- I think it was the Tuesday and all the signage had, you know, because it, it takes over the entire city and all the signage was right. gone and it was it was just so depressing just to see a, 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 like boring old San Diego. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's all of a sudden it's a ghost town and it's, yeah, it's Star Wars is over, or, you know, the convention is over. You know, I, I remember just before Celebration seeing all these pictures of of them putting up the signs out front and it's so exciting and it's, and it's kind of kind of weird to think that just like it's it's four days and then they have to like rip all that down and go back to you know boring business conventions and trade shows and whatever else they hold <laughs> hold at these convention centers so, the so, other 361 days of the year <laughs> so one can just imagine all the tumbleweeds that are blowing through new york city right now Oh yeah, <laughs> there's nothing, literally nothing else going on. I don't see why anybody is in New York right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, so we left you after uh, day two, I believe, and uh, yes. you got to do a bit of mopping up of Star Wars action. Uh, what was the next yeah. thing on the cards? Was it the the, the Marvel or the the like the upcoming uh, novel? panel which was first yeah it was the the upcoming novels panel which was which was an interesting thing and it, it wasn't 
it wasn't just uh, the upcoming novels. This one was kind of done differently than how they usually do it, where usually they have their panel. It's, it's usually a bunch of publishers, maybe an author and someone from Lucasfilm. And they start off, they go through a little presentation. This is what we've given. This is what we've uh, released this year. And here's what's coming next. This year, they kind of they had more of a focus on the authors they had the authors uh, they had the author who wrote aftermath uh, chuck wendig they had uh, a couple of the authors who wrote the um young readers uh or not young readers so much as uh i guess it's more young adults somewhere between like you know, it's like fifth grade stuff uh journey to the force awakens books for for luke and and han and that one of those guys was also writing the shattered empire series for marvel and they had the person who wrote lost stars that so that that kind of thing but they also had like the guy who wrote absolutely everything you need to know about star wars and and, and things like that and they had each of them kind of talk about what their what their book was and how the, what the process was like to write it and, and go into it. And then at the end, they like rapid fire. And it was, you know, I was trying to live tweet it. It was all, it was impossible to get all of this information out there in, you know, a series of 140 character uh, tweets to just get out this information of all the different stuff they announced. And fortunately, StarWars.com has a, has a very com- comprehensive list that I sort of went back to after the, after the fact to sort of see oh right so they there's this this and this not just this and this so but it was it was still a fun panel and and lots of interesting stuff about you know they pablo hidalgo from the uh the story group was there Mm -hmm. and he talked about the process that they went through of coming up with what happens between return of the jedi and the force awakens and you know as soon as jj and, and lawrence kasdan had sort of locked in the story of the force awakens apparently there was a big story group meeting where they they sat down and they worked from the story of the force awakens uh notes from george lucas uh some work that michael arndt did before he left the project and some notes from ryan johnson about stuff he wanted to explore in episode eight and they really fleshed out what happens between six and seven with the majority majority of their focus on right after return of the Jedi and right before the force awakens and everything else they have, they know what happens in broad strokes, but there's still creative freedom there for people that want to, that want to explore that later on. I'm just imagining them all around, like at this big story group meeting. And because uh, you mentioned there's notes from George Lucas, I just imagine in the center is a big bonfire and they, they're just throwing in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, say what you want about, about George as a filmmaker. The dude was good at world building. He was uh, there. You, you have to give him that. Uh, I always say that. Yeah, the, and so and the, the, the conceit of the on. of the prequels, the like uh, Sheev, our old pa- pal Sheev uh, Palpatine's, <laughs> like his whole plot. That that is a marvelous story that he concocted. That you know George Lucas came up with. I, I think it's a like the whole. The, the story arc of the prequels, how, um, you know, Sheev's little uh, power play was quite brilliant. So, uh, but I do, uh, I do find it funny that uh, to picture them just going, well, yeah. <laughs> George said more children Jedi. No. <laughs> Next note. Next, Next note. Uh, yeah. There was probably an entire war between people who liked sand and people who didn't <laughs> like sand. It was, it was awful. Oh, the grain war. Yes. The... Um, <laughs> I'm looking at the page on the Star Wars Underworld where you've got all the announcements, and it, it looks like every upcoming book is titled Cover Not Final. Yeah. <laughs> How about that, huh? <laughs> yeah. They, 
they really need to do you know how they do those you know star wars art poster books or those star wars art concept books i think they need to do star wars art cover not final and they can just <laughs> run through all of these it was weird because at comic-con they had the uh the force awakens cover not final edition and you know it's just it's obviously another book in there or a blank book but it was fascinating <laughs> just to stare at it in that glass cabinet and just go <laughs> it's in there you know it's not yeah, you're- yeah, absolutely. Of course. But, I, I'd like to see the, the guy that breaks the glass and, you know, runs off with a copy of the book. Security's chasing him. He thinks he's finally escaped security. He opens it up and it's like a copy of Twilight. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> the, um, I actually at Comic-Con on the last day did hit them up for one of those books. And uh, they, oh. uh, they said they were not allowed to... Uh, to sell or give them away, but I would have loved a Force Awakens cover, not final edition. <laughs> so, have you read uh, Aftermath as yet? Yeah, yeah, I've read Aftermath. I've read Aftermath and Lost Stars. I, I haven't read the other stuff because uh, I, I guess. Yeah, no, sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, you go, Dom. Well, I was going to say I, I've also read the first two issues of Shattered Empire, the Marvel comic series. By the way, while we're on prequel stuff, uh, Greg Rucka, who writes that series, he talked about issue four. And in in issue four, Luke Skywalker is going to finally appear. And apparently the Luke that is going to appear um, is going to share a lot of traits with Qui-Gon from The Phantom Menace. And and Rucka said he will literally fist fight anyone (laughs) who hates on The Phantom Menace because of how how much he loves the Qui-Gon Jinn character. Well, violence is not the answer, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. We don't need to fight. <laughs> I like this sentiment. <laughs> the um, I I was on a very nice uh, little vacation on the weekend, and I was by a pool, and I finally got a chance to to really you know get some pages done into aftermath because it wasn't wasn't released at the same time in Australia so i i just waited oh. to uh to get to america sure. to buy my copy and i'm i'm not going to say what the bit is but there is a i got to a page uh-oh <laughs> from a flashback to return of the jedi linking two characters in this new book to Return of the Jedi and someone's mm. up a tree and <laughs> I just put the book down and I may have just started cursing of just what is like we we all these putting in characters just just off screen in these expanded universe books. I, I thought we'd learnt the lesson of that with the R5-D4 that was a Jedi and the IG-88 that was going to become a Death Star. And then they've just gone and done it again. I was like, oh. I mean, this was much better than IG-88 becoming the Death Star or R5-D4 being a Jedi. I, I mean, it, it kind of works. And, and, you know, it's it's not hugely important to the story. But, uh, you know, I, I think there's there's a place for putting in characters just off screen. But I'm kind of with you. I hope they don't do it too, too much. But what um, would, what would and, and people that have read the book know what I'm talking about, but if something hadn't have happened at that moment, the end of Return of the Jedi would have been vastly different. <laughs> uh, we would have all been mourning someone's death. 
But yeah. uh, I, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm pressing on, and I, I do have. I, I don't know if I've got too high a hopes for this new canon. I, I just thought that everything would just be so perfect, <laughs> and and you know, I, I did have to deal with uh, Luke coming face to face with Darth Vader in one of the early Marvel comics, and. He's only lost his light, lightsaber about 27 times thus far. Um, just get one of those chain wallet things for your lightsaber, Luke, or the Force. Use it. Um, I, want, I want to see a Jedi with a chain, a chain lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so tell- season, season two of Rebels right there. Let's bring that in. Yeah, that'd be awesome. <laughs> so is there much, um, did they reveal much about the new uh, Aftermath books? There's a, there's a trilogy. There's Aftermath yeah. Life Debt and Aftermath Empire's End. Um, well, there's, a, there's an interlude in Aftermath that I don't think you've gotten to yet because mm-hmm. it happens pretty late in the book. Um, but once you read that, the the title Life Dad will mean something, uh, will, will come into focus uh, as to what that's probably about. Um, and and that's, that's kind of the interesting thing about Aftermath is all of these interludes, they almost all seem like they could be setups for future stories down the line. And, and it seems like that one in particular will be picked up. Uh, in this next book. So I, I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't read Aftermath, but there's an interlude and the interlude takes place in hyperspace. That's all I'm going to, I'm going to leave it at that. Okay. Uh, so, so you'll know when you get to that one. <laughs> okay. I haven't got to that one yet. No, I, and I have, I'm, I'm enjoying the book. It was just that intro. Like, it was just like, sure. did you have to put that character there? Did you like, it just seems a bit much for me, but the, I, I'm enjoying the book and it does. I, I, the interludes have been very interesting with, I don't know, just like the the real world reaction, I guess, yeah. to to the uh, the empire, and I use real world in inverted heavily <laughs> inverted commas. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I think you know I I enjoyed the the story of aftermath o- overall. I thought it was was interesting. I thought it was an interesting glimpse into the empire and in, and I I, I liked uh, the characters uh, for the most part. Uh, but really, the interludes were some of the most fascinating stuff. Just kind of to get that glimpse in. Um, all these different places to see how the how the empire and how the war affected different people and th- they are some of the highlights of the book yeah i've been really enjoying it and i love the uh, the I've, i'm only on to episode or issue one of shattered empire because my comic book shop is currently on the other side of the planet <laughs> but i will be when that happens <laughs> i do i i'm tempted to email them and say can you send me the code off the uh <laughs> But I'm not sure if that's pushing the friendship with uh, the good people yeah. at All Star Comics in Melbourne. And but yeah, that the Shattered Empire comic has been really, really fun. So what's the other? Uh, I'm just paging down now, and you've yeah. got there's a book called The Perfect Weapon. What, what's that about? Uh, so that's actually a short story. Uh, oh, and I've just recognised the person on the cover. It's- yeah, there you are. It's from the it's the character from the uh, San Diego Comic Con reel who's who's lying on the big. Uh, the big yellow alien who is actually himself going to be the star of another short story 
uh, which will appear in, Ins- in Star Wars Insider 162, I think, in December. And uh, the the other the other sto- short story, I think, is just going to be released digitally for like a buck ninety nine. Um, and there's and if you like short stories, uh, I don't think this is I think this is actually not on the StarWarsUnderworld.com story. So I, I will be doing a quick update to it as soon as this is done. But there's an actual Star Wars uh, Journey to the Force Awakens Tales Aliens book. And it's going to cover a lot of the aliens that uh, we see in the um, Vanity Fair era in that picture. So there'll be some short stories titled things like uh, High Noon on Jakku, All Creatures Great and Small, The Face of Evil, and The Crimson Corsair and the Treasure of Count Dooku. So so if if you dig short stories, um, that kind of stuff is all, all coming along in one and uh they yeah they will be uh they're they're coming out individually some uh, over the next little oh it's coming out uh, as an ebook uh anthology in december of this year i think um and then the other two short stories i think are also being released in december so there's lots of uh Lots of good stuff. The, the classic tales of books that we uh, enjoyed in the EU, they were sort of all intertwining stories through a scene in Star Wars. Is this the, the same format or is it just short stories? Uh, I think it's, it's all aliens. It's all short stories about aliens that we'll see in Maz Kanata's castle, which, uh, which we heard about in Vanity Fair for the first time. So that's sort of the, the, the connecting tissue for all of this stuff. Oh, so okay. If you go back and you look at the Va- uh, Vanity Fair piece, um, and you'll you'll see a character that is pretty clearly uh, the Crimson Corsair. Uh, he's the guy who's all in red, and even you know even when they announced that and they said that that character's name, Pablo Hidalgo, sort of goes, "Oh, I wonder who that could be," because there's only there's only one red guy in the picture. <laughs> uh, all those red guys look the same to you, Dominic. <laughs> really. <laughs> and then what about New Republic Bloodline? What's that about? Right. So this this is actually written by Claudia Gray, who also wrote Lost Stars, which was the YA novel um, from the Journey to the Force Awakens stuff, which is actually really, really good. Now, if you don't love stuff happening kind of off screen, you may not dig this book. All, all I'll say is that the stuff happening off screen doesn't majorly affect the story. It's more just people witnessing events like... No, no, this is not a spoiler. Like the destruction of Alderaan, and you kind of get some characters' reactions to that. Um, yeah, I, I'm fine with that. It's just when there could have, like, like, when they could have affected the story in a big way, like in a major, major way. Like it, it's just you're trying to wedge, like I don't know. It, I just sort of feel like it's you're trying to jam too much into that and just come up with an interesting character. You don't have to put them up a tree. Uh, it's, yeah. You know, and I, and I, and I think the, what was it? I think Mara Jade was, was, wasn't she in the Jabba's palace or something yeah. waiting to yeah. kill Luke or something like that? Which I, I don't know the full story. All I know is she was supposedly there. Yeah. It's just, it, it gets a bit, I don't know. It's just sort of you've. It's sort of. Uh, I guess it's an Australian term, but taking the piss. Like it. It's. It's sort of just like start using that. I love that. <laughs> and and the other thing with that tree, right? Is how did she follow? How did she follow them to Endor to get up that tree? 
Yeah, <laughs> that's a good question. Black, this question. Is- maybe, maybe the yeah. I don't know. We will. We, maybe we have to do a spoiler discussion of aftermath sometime. <laughs> we can, we can maybe try and retcon it, but no, maybe. no retconning. It's just ignoring. <laughs> All right, I, I'm good with that too. <laughs> but that, that, it's just when they try to wedge. It's sort of I don't know. It's just a little bit a little bit much for me to deal with. Sure. So, um, but I am fine with... They witness the destruction of Alderaan or they hear about the destruction of the Death Star and they kind of, you know, they, you get their reactions to it and you get sort of, you know, the reaction of somebody who's a very much an Imperial loyalist and you get the reaction of some rebels and, and, and that sort of thing. So it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great book. I highly recommend it. Don't be scared off by the fact that it's a YA love story. <laughs> uh, it's actually very good. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited that she's writing this next one, this New Republic Bloodline story that will be released at some point in 2016. And it takes place six years before The Force Awakens. So mm. evidently something big happens six years before The Force Awakens for them to write a book about it. And, and sort of what I wonder is if if this event could be referenced in the movie, sort of in the, you know, you fought in the Clone Wars kind of way. And, and maybe they'll, they'll tell that story. Um, or maybe it could be completely unrelated. That's you never know. Okay, and that comes out in 2016. 2016, yeah. At some point, some point then, and uh, yeah, and the first aftermath or the second aftermath book, I guess I should say, Life Debt. I think they've, they're saying summer 2016, or some other people are saying May 2016. I think Amazon says May, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, so, are there any more books coming out before the movie? For the movie, no. This this is this is kind of it. it. You get a, a bunch of short stories, and uh, and and well, the comic series. Uh, but that's uh, that's it. And then it's uh, then on the day the movie comes out, there's a whole deluge of of books of, of reference books and and all sorts of things. And, and Greg Rucka again is, is writing a little anthology book of stories about. Uh, Poe, Finn, and Ray that will be released on the 18th. So once you see The Force Awakens, you can go back and read little short stories about them. It's going to be just a, a deluge of, of things yeah. to take in. Yeah. It's going to have to... You, you see the movie and then take an hour, read a little, see the movie again, sleep, eat, see the movie, read, see the movie, read, repeat, you know, something like that. I, I also have to squeeze in a wedding on uh, that, yeah, that Saturday. Right. <laughs> a wedding and a podcast, I think. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, so, we might have to keep some short stories for January, I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could read, instead of doing toasts at your wedding, <laughs> read, read them to, the, to everybody there. That you are not helping my marriage at all, Dominic. <laughs> Sorry, Jackie. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's shaking her head right now, listening to this. Um, but probably by the time she listens to it, I'll be uh, back in Australia safe. So yes. uh, th- that'll be great. Okay, so let's talk um, the the Marvel panel. Yeah, the Marvel panel. So. Uh, this was this was uh, just kind of a general Marvel panel, so they covered all of their uh, all of their series. It wasn't Star Wars specific, uh, but they did. Uh, they gave a little, a few more details about Vader Down, which is the crossover event that's happening in November, uh, where 
the the creative teams behind Darth Vader and Star Wars will come together. So Jason Aaron and and, uh, and, that, and that's an erotic uh, thriller about how Darth Vader is a very generous lover. Yeah, Vader down. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's, okay. that's exactly how it goes. Right. Either, either that, or it's about Vader when he uh, gets trapped on a planet with about a hundred rebels and has to escape. Ah, okay. Either or. Either, either or. or. They're going to yeah. be great. They're going to be great. Yeah, this they announced this at um, at Comic Con when we were there. That, that sounds it sounds yeah. like it's going to be uh, a very exciting uh, bit of action. Yeah, it it sounds like it should be good. And uh, they also talked about the Star Wars annuals that are coming out. They'll be coming out in December. There'll be a Star Wars one and a Darth Vader one, and they apparently will kind of set up the the arcs that will happen once the crossover is done. So the crossover, I think, there's going to be one issue um, called Vader Down, which is uh, which will be sort of a standalone. Uh, thing to kick it off and then it will kind of bounce between the star wars and the darth vader series for the next couple of weeks maybe a month or two i'm not 100 percent sure how long this will last or how how exactly a comics crossover works seeing as you know star wars comics have, have always been my my main thing so i don't really know how the crossover works so it'll be interesting to see how that goes down and then these annuals kind of lay the groundwork for the story arcs for each uh each comic series uh, uh, when they pick up after the crossover. Oh, so the annuals are actually new content. Yeah, yeah I was kind of surprised by this because when I first heard they were announced, I was like, oh, yeah, they'll reprint the first issue and maybe have some highlights from the the other issues. Or, you know, they'll be like, uh, uh, you know, it'll almost be like the previously in Darth Vader and it will give you like a little synopsis of everything that happened over the, I guess, how many issues will it have been at that point? Probably 10 or, 10 or 11, almost. It's been almost been a year of, of Star Wars back in Marvel. I thought in the annual they could have like a best of Luke losing his lightsaber feature. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they still could. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the prequels. Are back. Yeah, yeah. Prequels are, are getting some love from from Marvel, so it'll be they'll be. It's a series called Obi Wan and Anakin, and it, it takes place about three years after the Phantom Menace. So in that that sort of that time frame there, that's only that was only ever really explored in Legends, in the uh, series of uh, young readers books that I read when I was younger, and kind of I kind of look back on them as like. They weren't really that great. <laughs> um, I, I kind of remember, you know, reading them as a kid because, hey, they're Star Wars. But now I sort of think back and like there was a whole issue where Anakin got a, a got another got a chance to rematch Sebulba in a, in a pod race. And it was it was not great. Um, so I'm hoping I, I, he's back in a pod race. Yeah. Yeah. There was they go to a planet where that was basically hosting hosting the Olympics more or less. And they, you know, they heard there, there was something going on in the pod racing that wasn't, wasn't right. So Anakin enters and it's not canon. So it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> mercifully. They went to the planet of no new ideas. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can, uh, it can, it can go in the, uh, in the legends vault with IG-88 taking over the death star and Santa Claus <laughs> apparently. Um, <sighs> Um, but that's so cool because I, I don't know that one of the things with the prequels, I, they never really got to show much. It's like, Jedi training. Or, or, or just like Obi-Wan and Anakin, like getting along on adventures. Yeah. yeah and this is this what this is going to cover is um, Anakin. They won't quite be 
buddies yet. Anakin is still kind of in awe of Obi-Wan at this point. He still sees Obi-Wan as, you know, this, this heroic Jedi. He's still, you know, he's the only Jedi and alive who has killed a Sith Lord. So he kind of, he's he still kind of idolizes Obi-Wan. So it'll be an interesting dynamic that we, yeah, we never really see in the prequels because by the time episode two rolls around, he's resenting Obi-Wan and then they're, then they have to fight alongside each other in the Clone Wars. And then, you know, next thing you know, you are my brother! And everybody's crying and sad and dying and going off in exile. So, yeah, it'll be good to kind of explore that. And the series will um, jump between uh, a story taking place on a post-apocalyptic world where Anakin and Obi-Wan will be on some sort of mission, as well as some flashbacks that will show their Jedi training uh, at the Jedi Temple. So we may... That's more insight into, you know, how Obi-Wan feels about training Anakin because he, you know, he in a way didn't really have all that much choice. He just kind of backed into it. He had to honor Qui-Gon's dying wish. And so and, and even in The Phantom Menace, Obi-Wan was kind of wary of Anakin. So I think that could be really a, a really interesting dynamic to explore. And, and I'm glad they're doing it. I'm glad that um, they're that the that the prequels are getting some love and that Marvel will. We'll, uh, we'll do some stuff in in that era because there's a lot of there's a lot of potential for some really great stories. What, however you feel about the films, like we were saying, there, there's there's a lot of potential for 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 good stuff there um, because there is that overarching uh, Sheev Palpatine thing that's going on. <laughs> that, that why was why was everyone so upset that Palpatine's name was Sheev? I don't know. I, you know, I, I, re- I really don't. I, it's, it's just a name. You know, it's, it doesn't seem it's not any worse than like Snoke or anything like that or Tyrannus or, it, or Anakin. Yeah, yeah. Anakin, Obi-Wan. I mean, really? <laughs> it, it, they're, they're, they're not. You know, Star Wars is not known for, you know, the names become iconic because we love the characters, but mm. the, the names on the, on their own. I mean, I thought it was Obi One for years and years and years before I ever realized it was Obi Wan. Obi Wan. The um, yeah, I could never. I, I was talking about this yesterday with Jackie because we saw a an Emperor uh, lunchbox. Ah, yeah, and. You know, my little pun caption on Instagram was something to hold my sheave widgets in, oh. which is just amazing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a professional comedian, and <laughs> keep trying, keep trying. Thanks, but yeah, and I was explaining to Jackie how they, you know, he came out that his name was Sheave, and people were upset, and Jackie was like, "Why are people upset?" I'm like, "I don't know. I think they just like being upset." Like, I think so too. I think that's I think that's a thing on the internet uh, that people just lo- need something to be upset about. So, Sheev, and I mean, if you like, if you like the, you know, Chris, who's my co-host on Star Wars Underworld, he, he has sort of he's broken down the name Palpatine on the show, um, and and kind of talked about how why about how it's a really good name. For for that character, I, I can't remember exactly off the top of my head, but it's 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 steeped in mythology and and, and different languages and, and all that stuff. Um, but just adding Sheev on on as the first name doesn't take away from from any of that. It's it's just a it's just a name, just a name. He's still he's still Palpatine. He's still Darth Sidious. He's still Emperor of the Galaxy. So people just need something to be upset by. But I, I do like anything that annoys other people, but not me. <laughs> Sure. So I'm, so I'm a big fan of Sheev. 
I'll, 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 I'll go in with you on that one. I'm a big fan of Sheev. <laughs> Any other bits of gossip from the Marvel? Um. Not really. Uh, they, they, um, the the Q and A did not feature any uh, any Star Wars questions. Uh, they they were just kind of talking about the general Marvel stuff. And uh, I, I mean, even at the uh, even at the at the Star Wars publishing panel earlier in the day, they had some Q and A, but it was not. Nobody got up and demanded the EU be brought back. There were some polite questions about you know the authors on stage if they had a favorite EU novel and and that kind of thing. But there was no. Uh, you know, every panel I go to with this, there's a part of me that secretly hopes somebody is going to get up and just try and demand there be new Legends content be released. But uh, I, apparently I don't go to the right conventions because if, if you wanted that, you had to go to Dragon Con. Ah. Well, uh, if they do any more of this putting people up tree business, I'll be <laughs> at the panel next year demanding another reboot. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you and all the people that 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 just don't like that don't like Chuck Wendig's writing style can can uh, can, can try and demand that. But yeah, I I got used to it. I, yeah, I did too. I I, I and I kind of I came to like it by the end of the book. I I felt it added a certain snappiness, a certain faster and more intense quality to the book. Yeah, I guess I don't read enough that it's such a like, I probably wouldn't have noticed it if I hadn't have heard people uh, getting a bit sad, getting a bit sheave over it previously. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's just another instance of people needing something to be upset about. So, they're like, it's present tense. How can you do this? It's terrible. It's No, it's not. And to those people, I say, just get the audio book because when you're listening to it, you won't even notice it. Uh, yeah, I, I- uh, I want a revised edition where it's like she was up the tree. She thinks this is really unrealistic. <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe they can change it up in in, in aftermath too. And, and that was really her clone, and not actually her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and every character in the books, Boba Fett. Yes, yes, that, that too. <laughs> that too. And, he's, and he looks, for some reason, looks exactly like either Michael Fassbender, Max von Sydow, or uh, Michael B. Jordan. Um, none of whom look anything like Tamara Morrison. <laughs> but, you know, we'll go with that. Yeah, well, I, th- what, what do you make of that rumor that, uh, is that Jordan was going to be Michael... What is it, Michael B. Uh, Jordan? Mike, yeah, is yeah. Going- Michael Jordan's just basketball player. <laughs> I'm aware of his work. Um, <laughs> good, good. You know, just making sure, making sure. Uh, yeah, I, I heard that. I don't, I don't believe any of the Boba Fett rumors. I think, I think they are doing a Boba Fett film, but I think that's been pushed back till at least 2020. So I'm not going to believe anything, any rumors about Boba Fett until for at least the next 18 months. Then maybe we can start thinking about it again. But until then, I'm not believing anything. Now, M- Michael B. Jordan is someone who I think would be great in a Star Wars film. Uh, I know he was in the, that Fantastic Four movie, uh, which nobody liked, um, understandably so. Um, but he is he, he's a great actor. He's got great chops as an actor. If, if you just watch his movie, uh, Fruitvale Station, which is a, it's a, a drama. It's incredibly sad, but he is phenomenal actor and i think he would be great in star wars but i I, until until we get closer to that boba fett movie actually being in production i'm not gonna believe anything 
they, they can rumor it. They can go back to how it was before episode seven, where everybody was rumored to be in the movie. Uh, I won't believe any of it. And, and, and what do you think? It should, should it be Boba Fett pre-Sarlacc, busted out of the Sarlacc, or it's someone else that's taken his armor? Uh, see, I, I don't want the someone else taking his armor necessarily. I, I it only actually, I'll, I'll amend that. I'll, I'll take the somebody else taking his armor if it's after the Sarlacc pit. Uh, I'll, I'll I, then I, then I'd be okay with it. If it's before the Sarlacc pit, I don't really want it to happen. I, I would like a, a Boba Fett story pre Sarlacc. Um, I, I just uh, you know. I think if they do that, they should cast Tamora Morrison, uh, not Daniel Logan. Nothing against Daniel Logan. He's a great guy. He's a great ambassador to the fans. But I, I just don't think he, I don't think he has the chops to, to, to carry a movie necessarily. I think he could do fine on a TV show or reprising the role as, a, as the voice, uh, but not, not carrying a, a movie that will cost several millions of dollars to make. Uh, I think that's they, a very conservative budget. Yeah. Dominic. <laughs> It'll be like five million. I don't know something like that. God. You sound like a 20th century Fox executive in 1976. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, five million. That's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Tamora Morrison has a has a better shot of of doing that, and it would make sense. You know, Boba would would look like his dad at a certain point because clones. Yeah, yeah Tamora Morrison would be awesome. I think. <laughs> But I, I, I think the whole, you know, because there's a, the, the, the fan theory, which. Uh hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, you know, they, they sort of seem to recycle a fair bit on uh, Rebel Force Radio of someone killing Boba Fett and then taking the armor. And to me, that make, it doesn't make sense. Because if, yeah. if you killed Boba Fett, why would you then want to become Boba Fett? Like, wouldn't you want... Like, aren't you good enough to be yourself if you killed him? Yeah. And, and if you killed him in a real, like, weak way, like in a backstabby way, then why do we want to follow that character? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I'm with you. I don't, I don't, I've never liked that theory. Um I think when that theory was being circulated as a legit quote unquote rumor, uh, I think I think it was Pablo Hidalgo from Lucasfilm who kind of shut it all down with a, an epic uh, Facebook post that I, you can actually find on, on, on StarWarsUnderworld.com where he kind of goes through the fact that, you know, that's that's a character whose story has been told uh, and they're, they're, they can't really change it somewhere in the middle of it and so i I think if you see a boba fett's movie it will be either tamora morrison or somebody taking on that identity post his death in uh in return of the jedi um and i think there there's a little bit more potential and flexibility for that story um because if somebody wants to you know it's just looking to get rich quick or, or looking for notoriety right away if they just showed up in Boba Fett's armor, and then uh, I don't know. Have you gotten to the 
the Dengar interlude and in aftermath? I have not hit Dengar <laughs> though. I have not. Okay, what, there's, what, there's a little, there's a little something in the Dengar interlude. What, that, what's, what's he bewilderedly watching the Hollow Net as he changes his bandages? <laughs> no, it's 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 slightly more interesting than that. Although <laughs> I think, I think back in the day that would have made like a great six issue comic series from Dark Horse. <laughs> oh, good Dengar sizzle! I cannot wait for that. Yeah. That's amazing. And what what else went down? Uh, any other panels? The Star Wars panels that uh, there was one more pa- Star Wars panel. It was on. Well, actually, no, there were a couple. There was there was another panel. It was not so much a Star Wars panel. As it was uh, a gathering of all of the Star Wars people uh, at New York Comic Con, um, Ashley Eckstein, who plays uh, Ahsoka on Clone Wars and Rebels and has launched her her universe uh, clothing line, held a little panel to announce that her universe was also going to become a publishing imprint as well. And, and that was kind of cool because Dave Filoni, who was the executive producer from Clone Wars and Rebels, was there and he's drawing the the cover for the first issue but what was really great about it is it was just kind of all, all the star wars bloggers uh, all and all of the lucasfilm people were all there and so as soon as the panel let out we were all kind of in just in this hallway together and it was this great gathering of of people who who know each other online and finally getting a chance to to, to interact all together in one place which was and like in one place in one place not like okay everybody's at the convention but some people are over there some people are over there and some people are over there this was everybody in this one hallway and it was a lot of fun to just to, to see people don't normally get to see um and so it was that that was the the real fun of that and got to chat with uh, dave filoni for a little bit about uh, about clone wars and rebels and a little bit more about baseball, and, uh, and then then this is something I've been clinging to for my to my, for all my non Star Wars friends. I've been telling, oh yeah, you know, we've been talking about the baseball playoffs that are going on here. I'm like, well, I spoke with 2006 World Series MVP David Eckstein about this very <laughs> issue <laughs> um, last weekend, and so I've I've kind of been clinging to that as the other as you know for, for the people that don't get Comic Con as like, well, this is what I was doing last weekend. What were you doing last weekend? You weren't talking to to the to the guy who was the best player in the championship of 2006. Come on. So, that's um, for people that don't know. Ahsoka Ashley uh, Eckstein's husband was yeah. a, a pro baseball player. Yeah, he was. Yeah. And, and, and a very good one at that. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a, that was a, a really fun experience just to just kind of experience that, uh, just kind of be there for, for that. And, 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 uh, and so, tell us, what are they publishing? What, what are these... <laughs> Publishing, yeah, they're, they're, it's uh, it's uh, you know, they're you know, she she didn't want to kind of put them put them into a corner of that they're only publishing this, so it. But the general idea is that it's supposed to be YA uh, prose literature um, that features a strong female lead. Um, not to say that you can't write more adult fiction or, or stories about. Uh, male characters, but there has to be sort of a a strong female uh, presence in the whole book. So that's that's kind of what they're doing. And the first book is, is written by um, is actually written by Dave Filoni's wife, which is really cool. Um, and and, uh, and so it, it, she was also on the panel, which led to some very funny um, interactions between her, Dave, and Ashley. And, and it, it was it was just a, it was a it's a great time. And and uh, they're actually I think part of the the, the her universe press thing is that they're also accepting stuff just from from fans just from people who aren't professional writers who aren't um 
you know, who haven't been published and are looking for their in into the into the business. Okay, so is this Star Wars related or no? Not, not really. It's just being done by Star Wars people. Ah, okay. So they're not Star it's, Wars yeah, stories. Star Wars stories. No, they're they're just uh, they're they're science fiction fantasy stories. Ah, okay. I thought it was like Star Wars, and then when you yeah. started saying people can submit <laughs> stories, I was just like going, "Oh no, there's going to be thousands of people up all those trees." <laughs> Yeah, just this is all the fan fiction you could ever imagine. Yeah. Be- I am the 27th Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> Boba Fett 27. Yeah. Oh, no, no, it's, not, it's nothing like that. You know, the, the, it wasn't a it wasn't a Star Wars panel necessarily. Gotcha. It's just kind of a gathering of the Star Wars people. Gotcha. Um, all to, to support uh, Ashley and, and everything she's doing. Um, that's, but then on Sunday, there was one more Star Wars panel. Um, which we didn't know exactly what it, what it would be going into it. It was called Star Wars Galactic Readers Theater. And we kind of went into it just like, what is this exactly? And basically what it was is they had a bunch of Star Wars authors on stage and they all read excerpts from their books. And while that, I don't, that doesn't sound like the most exciting panel, it was... I, it, it really was one of my favorite things from the weekend because it, it was just a bunch of people all together listening to Star Wars stories. And, you know, we, we don't get to do that nearly enough. Now, starting this December, we're going to be doing that once a year, every year for the foreseeable future. But it was nice to get everybody together just to listen to little excerpts from from these stories. And some of them we knew there were some. Some of the authors who had written uh, new adaptations for for uh, young readers of you know the original trilogy, but there was also some uh, you know Chuck Wendig was there and read read the the interlude from Aftermath that I was uh, alluding to earlier, mm-hmm. and he read that. And the guy who writes the William Shakespeare's Star Wars books was there, and he read some uh, solilo- soliloquies from Revenge of the Sith, and he did. Uh, the voices to go along with them. So he was up there doing a, a pretty decent Palpatine and Yoda impression as he uh, as he read the Order sixty six soliloquies, and it was a, it was a, it was just kind of a fun panel. It, it wasn't big news. It wasn't any of that. It was just kind of a, a good time uh, to to listen to some Star Wars stories. Nice. And a- any other fun Star Wars things you saw around the uh, the floor or? Well, what I love about New York Comic Con is there always seems to be a very strong Star Wars cosplay presence. Mm-hmm. I, stronger than even San Diego, where this year there didn't seem to be all that that many. Certainly stronger than there ever is at, at Fan Expo in Toronto, where I'm from. So, but it, it, it was kind of like, it, you know, there's obviously there's tons of cosplayers. Not everybody's Star Wars. It's not celebration. But there is a really strong presence. And so there was it was great to see some some rays walking around uh, lots and lots of Kylo's uh, out and about. Um, and there were some people there dressed as rebels characters. And instead of, you know, just putting makeup on their own faces to try and make themselves look at just most like the rebels characters as possible, they had made these these masks that you know went all over they were not not even really masks they were like helmets almost that they wore with uh with the rebels characters and so they actually looked like the animated character and so it was uh, it was a little bit freaky i'm not gonna lie especially the (laughs) the kanan was a little bit of freaky the hera and the ahsoka were really good the zeb 
would have been good if the dude in it was a bit bigger. <laughs> uh, the cannon, the cannon was a little bit unnerving, and and you can actually see a, a picture of it on the uh, Star Wars Underworld Instagram account and uh, and judge for yourself. But they were still, I mean, they were still cool. They were very well made, and you know, once you get over that uh, initial uh, bit of unnerving of having an animated human character walk up to you, <laughs> it uh, it, you know, you got you got used to it, and. Uh, there were some good uh, crossover cosplays. There was somebody who was uh, dressed as a combination of Star Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, um, and uh, and the Stormtrooper, which was which was an interesting mix. But uh, they were a real hit on the convention floor. And and then just lots of lots of Jedi and Stormtroopers and uh, Luke Skywalkers and and all that walking around. And lots of Han Solos and and it was good to see the. I, I, you know, obviously Star Wars is, is my thing. And obviously it's your thing as well. So it's, it's my favorite, it's favorite cosplays to see, um, you know, the nine foot Iron Man was cool, but, uh, you know, I'll still take a, still take a, a group of, uh, Han Solos and Princess Leia's and, and Luke Skywalker's any day. Hell yeah. The, uh, I did see on the, uh, on the underworld, uh, Instagram, those animated characters from Rebels and, I did go, oh, that's amazing, and then sort of go, oh, that's actually, I think I'm going to have nightmares about that. <laughs> there's, there's some yeah. Simpsons episode where everyone's sort of looking down at, at Lisa Simpson that it reminded me of. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I well, see, I think it works best for the alien characters mm. because are, you know, those are very hard to nail with just... Uh, with just makeup whereas the human characters it, it, it comes off as a little bit creepier because we're, we're used to real human faces now so this is our last convention yeah until the uh our uh our grand final day our our super bowl yeah our world <laughs> series <laughs> or whatever sports analogy you want to put in there, this is it for us. We are we are going for gold. The Force Awakens. What what do you want? What do you hope to see in the film, Dominic? I I, I just really want it to be good. That, that, I mean. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a list of like oh I need I need to see Luke Skywalker do this and Han Solo do that and and Ray needs to be this person or otherwise the movie is ruined and and if, if Finn is not related to Han to to uh, Lando or or Mace Windu then I'm outraged or any of that sort of thing I, I'm just kind of I just I just want it to to be good I want to I'm I, actually the opposite if Finn is related to one of those two people I'm outraged yeah I'm kind of more with you that's yeah. <laughs> so I really I, I there was a rumor going around of no spoilers obviously but i really liked it because it was a, a really good background for that character and was not that and i think boyega has you know as close to deny those rumors as he can without you know violating whatever disney has has imposed because i remember back when they were shooting the movie he tweeted out something like oh so excited my dad is coming to visit me on set today and in typical twitter form everybody was like oh, billy d is gonna be on set today lando's coming in and and, and boyega sort of tweets out like like half an hour later like no no my my real dad mr boyega not, <laughs> not mr d williams <laughs> uh, and and poor Corey's Facebooking his dad asking if he's got something he needs to uh, admit. That's uh, yeah. Corey D. Williams, of course. The um, yeah, I, I I sort of 
like it, it's fine. I don't know. It, it's it's natural for people to jump to that conclusion, but sure. it's and it's not racism with evil intent. Yeah. But it is like it's it's not a good sign when you see. Yeah. An African-American person, and by definition, they have to be related to one of the two other African-American people in the film series. So, let's uh, let's expand that family tree a yeah. little bit more. <laughs> but what, what's, like, what character are you excited for in the film? Oh, can I say all of them? Like, I, I really, like, I, I hate to have such boring answers, but like, I, I, I really am just excited about this movie. Everything that I, I've seen and everything that I've heard has got me really, really excited for it. And, and I, I, I do. I just want to know more about, about all of these characters. You know, I, I don't want to give the obvious answer and go, oh, BB-8. I want to know more about BB-8. Um, although I do love BB-8 and, and I'm, I, I, the, my one purchase at, at Comic-Con was a BB-8 plushie that's sitting on my desk next to uh, next, next to uh, the chopper plushie I bought last year at New York Comic Con. Um, but but uh, you know, just all of them. I I, I just want to see a, a movie that 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 gets people excited about Star Wars. That that sets off uh, the story on the right foot. And you know that that's. I guess really what I'm hoping for is I'm hoping the movie is more about getting Star Wars ready for the future than about uh, – I don't want it to be just a nostalgia trip. You know, a little bit of nostalgia is good. A little fan service is good. But I, I don't want it to be a reunion film. I don't want it to just – I want the focus to be Finn, Ray, and Poe with, with Luke, Han, and Leia in supporting roles. I don't want it to be Luke, Han, and Leia in the main roles and – um, Finn, Ray, and Poe in supporting roles. I, I want, I want them to be front. I want the new guys to be front and center because I think that's what we need. I think we need to, to build up a, a, a strong base of, of new characters that new people can, can fall in love with the same way we did with Luke Hanaleo or Anakin Padme Obi-Wan, you know, just to, to, to set this so that, you know, kids who see the force awakens can follow these characters for a long time and, and enjoy their story. And, and that's, really what i think this movie should be about and i think everybody at disney and, and lucasfilm and and jj and kathy kennedy and lawrence kasdan i think they understand that um they know everybody is excited about the nostalgia obviously i mean chewy were home uh the millennium falcon and the first teaser but i think it really needs to be about setting us up for the future more than anything else and, and, and just think, Dominic, in oh. 30 years, <laughs> some idiot's going to be on the internet complaining about when Kylo Ren lights his lightsaber up in that forest, how many characters were hiding up in those trees. <laughs> and they, they, they won't even be doing anything. They'll just kind of be watching with binoculars. <laughs> What's going on down there? Oh gosh, it's going to be very exciting. Um, oh, I'm, one I'm, more one more thing that happened to come. Yeah, that kind of falls into the ridiculous fan theories uh, thing. Uh, I just remembered this when you mentioned Kylo Ren uh, at the Rebels press conference. Somebody asked the uh, the esteemed cast and crew of, of Rebels what they think uh, what they think of the fan theory that Ezra on Rebels turns out to be kylo ren and dave filoni just about 
went through the roof when he heard that rumor out of like out of like fan outrage of like how could that how could people draw that conclusion and taylor gray who plays ezra was like i haven't heard that but i love it and i need it to be true (laughs) (laughs) so basically what we can glean from that is kylo ren probably not ezra yeah, I'm not sure if you want to do a, a skin comparison between uh, Adam Driver and-, <laughs> and 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 the cartoon character of Ezra, but uh, that that snow planet certainly has taken his tan away. I guess, yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's, it's like the uh, it's like Max Foncito being Boba Fett and oh. just doesn't work. <laughs> and I also like I just with all the fan theories, it's like characters, it's. They're not going to jump up. Mm-hmm. Like they're not going to go from cartoon to movie. It's just. I, don't think so. I think if if that's ever going to happen, it'll be in Rogue One. It won't be an episode. Uh, it won't be an episode seven. And even in Rogue One, I'm, I, I would think maybe there'll be some throwaway line like, "Oh, we got this information from Captain Sindula," and that'll be a little reference to Hera. And then yeah, uh, the little the little Easter egg for everybody that watches Rebels. But that said. In 1998, if you had said to someone, there's a fan, a fan theory that Darth Vader built C-3PO, <laughs> you would get laughed out of the Comic-Con. Laughed yeah. out. <laughs> laughed out. And then that one guy left episode one feeling so vindicated. <laughs> he was just like, yippee! <laughs> well, thank you, Dominic, for recapping. And uh, we'll have to talk to you when the film comes out. And uh, see how you dealt with it. I'm not even sure how to podcast after the. I like I've you know I've, I know what I'm doing exactly up till that. You know, three hours after the film, and yeah. then I I don't know what to do with the podcast after that. Like, <laughs> I think you just end it. You're like, I I can't. I I don't know what to do. You just yeah. shut them. There'll be thousands of podcasts just shutting down because nobody knows how to handle it anymore. Yeah. No, I think there'll just be like six weeks of of nonstop. Uh, every week, every podcast will be somebody else's opinion of uh, <laughs> the Force Awakens. And, and and that that will really open up the crazy fan theories. Oh yeah, well yeah, well we'll have a whole we'll have a movie that's setting up a trilogy. So there'll be all kinds of potential for all kinds of crazy theories and <sighs> and and just those of us those of us in the in the who 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 read the the spoilers and and and, and think we know what's going on are already onto that. After Comic Con in San Diego um, on Sunday night, uh, Chris uh, and myself and and my friend Kevin. Uh, we we just we went out for dinner and we had this like massive conversation about what could happen in episode eight based on the episode seven spoilers. And at one point, I'm like, we're six months away from what's going from the Force Awakens. We can't be speculating about episode eight yet. We shouldn't be allowed to. Uh, it's it's insane. It's going to be uh, very fun. I, I I oh yeah. I like, but I almost like don't want it to happen. Like. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's once it's here's like, something I've been thinking about is like is is going to see the movie itself because you know I, I mean you're you're gonna you're gonna do your your podcast afterwards so you don't really have uh, you, you don't you may not have this problem but I've sort of 
all all summer, all year long, I've had people, all, all of my friends messaging me like, oh, are you going to do a big thing for Star Wars? Are you going to get a group together for Star Wars? And I've been saying, yes, yes, of course, we're, we're all going to go see it. And as the movie sort of gets closer and closer, the more and more I, I just need to like see it on my own first and, and kind of like have my reaction when everybody's not looking at me going, what do you think? It's Star Wars. You're the Star Wars guy here. You got, I mean, you got to and, and sort of like have a moment to sort of sit down and and think about it my, myself and 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 absorb it and everything that just happened and you know maybe cry a little. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. And, and then kind of go and see it with everybody and have the fun of the of the premiere and 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 that kind of stuff. So I, I'm I I do kind of feel there's this part of me that almost feels like I, I can't see this with people who 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 for lack of a better term don't get it first i need to either see it with people who get it or see it on my own have my reaction and then be uh then then sort of see it with everybody else but i don't know if, i don't know if you you felt that way but this is something i've kind of been thinking about over the last few weeks is like how do i how do i handle seeing this movie well we're seeing it you know in, in that theater it's i think yeah. it fits like eight or nine hundred people and it's wow. it's us and the fan club so it's so, so yeah, in that, in, I think in that, that's a that's a really good situation because it's with you're with people and for whom it means the same or something yeah. similar. And and we're gonna get you know the cheers when the logos come up. Oh. You know, because I've gone to see it with the fan club. You know, several times. You know, other premieres and other movie premieres. You know, I mean, other movie trailers get booed, <laughs> and and then all the logos get cheered, and then everyone just you know, looks in stunned silence. But that that feeling of, you know, when the scroll goes up for the first time and you're just like, this is the first time I'm seeing a Star Wars film. Like, I remember it from all three uh, <laughs> prequels of just yeah. like going, this is it, this is it, this is it. It's, it's pretty insane. And it's something just to be, you know, very cherished, I think. Those, that, that first time and... I um and see and I think that's sort of what I I'm, I'm looking for is I, is to is to cherish it, it properly and because I still like I want to to go to the midnight premiere and I want to see it with, with with people who will cheer when the Star Wars logo comes up mm. and, and a long time ago and, and that sort of thing but it I, I, but at the same time I, I I sort of think we're you know what you're saying there is that that moment of of cherishing it and I think fully processing what we're seeing is, you know, we are seeing something. I don't know about you. I never thought we'd see this. I never thought we'd see star Wars episode seven. I thought we might get a few more TV shows, Mm. but, uh, but episode seven, certainly not. And so it's, it's, it's still surreal to me, even though we've had two trailers and a comic con reel and posters and, and all this stuff. And it, 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 you know, until it happens, there's this almost sort of a, a feeling of like, it's not really happening. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. I actually remember going. I, I was sort of in a situation that you, that you don't want to be in. Where mm. for Phantom Menace, I went with like a bunch of friends that were just they they weren't into Star Wars. They just like Star Wars. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. I remember we were at the pub having dinner beforehand and there was this big table maybe like 30 people and I was sitting at the top of the table and someone just said to me like Steel you haven't talked for like 40 minutes <laughs> and I didn't I was sort of just watching people but I was just in it like I it was I don't know if it was like the pressure or I was just nervous but I was just 
like almost in a state of shock where I was just sort of staring into the foreground, just, I don't know, nervous or something. Yeah, this is, this is uh, you're, you're describing exactly what I'm afraid is going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I, I mean, maybe I just have to, to have to face my fears. I'm sure that's what Yoda would tell me. But Yeah, but definitely you've got to go to the midnight. It's a, you know, I'm, I'm sure what it's like. You know, in Australia, it would be like in Canada where it's it's yeah. it's a party and like I love, you know, bef- you know, because we're lucky to have the, the fan club screening and, you know, there'll be droids going around and people in costume and, you know, it, it's I, I like the, the social aspect and just seeing, you know, crowds of, you know, people excited about stuff. And, and, and it's <laughs> okay. even better when they're excited about the thing I'm excited about. So that's. I, I the the movie fanboys. I, I, I love that movie, but I, I especially love that final scene when they're about to see the Phantom Menace and they're they're all in line and and you know the you hear the twentieth century Fox uh fanfare go and everybody cheers and you know, there's a part of me I you know, the only Star Wars movie I ever saw in theaters was Revenge of the Sith and I saw it sort of the second oh no, I saw it opening weekend, but I, I didn't sort of see it in in the, you know, sort of fan party atmosphere. I was still uh, you know, I was only about 11 at the time, so I didn't, you know, fully appreciate the the fandom that surrounds Star Wars. I just thought everybody likes Star Wars. It's Star Wars, um, and, and so seeing that movie had always been like this is this is something I always wished I could have experienced. And so here we go. We're just what 60, 60 some odd days away. <laughs> it's gonna be the best. It'll be awesome. Well, buddy, thank you so much for recapping. And you've got more uh, stuff coming up from New York Comic Con on the Star Wars Underworld podcast this Friday. And you've got some exclusive interviews and stuff. Yeah, we've got interviews with uh, Dave Filoni, uh, Ashley Eckstein, and Taylor Gray. We talk a lot about Rebels Season 2, uh, so you definitely want to want to hear that. And uh, we all, we'll also have some panel highlights from, from the publishing panel, from, uh, from the Rebels panels, uh, as well as from the Rebels press conference. So you definitely want to check that out. And, and videos from the, uh, uh, the publishing panel and the Rebels press conference should be available on our YouTube around the same time the podcast goes out, as well as uh, video versions of all the interviews. So if, if you don't want to sit through the podcast, which, I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't want to, um, you can just go right to the YouTube for, for the videos. You make it sound like such a chore. <laughs> if you don't want to sit, you have to sit in the corner and listen to Dominic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... I, I like I said I don't know why you wouldn't want to do that. It's it's I think it's a great time, but you know I'm slightly biased on on that matter, um, and so yeah. So and we'll have more stories from the from the convention and and, and all that. And uh, I, I will uh, apologize to everybody listening for the uh, the Friday episode where I was going into the main stage and they had the DJ pumping music. And I was going into like one of the one of the big panels at the event. They were it was you know for for marvel's agents of shield and agent carter and it was just crazy and i i don't i'm sure you could hear this in my voice but i i almost lost my voice at the end of the interview talking over over the speakers i'm like my voice is the end of like i i can't i gotta be quiet for the next the next 45 minutes i was thankfully it was you know it was an hour and a half long panel where i you know i could get away just with clapping i didn't have to, <laughs> to participate <laughs> Well, thank you for risking your uh, your your voice for, for, for us. But yeah, it's an awesome podcast. I listen to it every week and you guys are pretty good about keeping...
keeping the spoilers uh, to the end of the podcast if there's going to be any. I know that's a, a big concern with our listeners. They're, the majority of them are trying to go in uh, Lucasfilm spoiler-enabled only. So um, Yeah, yeah. We definitely keep all the spoilers to the end. And I, I know I, I've seen people say, you know, sometimes their concern is with the podcasts that do um, have spoilers uh, that even when we're not talking about spoilers, talking about spoiler stuff, if we're just talking about the film, we may bring stuff from the spoilers into the conversation. I, assure you and you'll be able to go back and listen to this once you've seen the movie that sometimes we go down um conversational uh rabbit holes that are completely wrong and we know they're completely wrong but we're just doing it to throw people for the people that don't want to be spoiled to you know keep them off the scent of the real spoilers uh and the people that are spoiled well they they know but it's also it's also an interesting conversational point because there's some some valid stuff that you can raise that way I am so confused now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're worried you've got the predator listening to your yeah. podcast. <laughs> you're leaving fake trails. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Dominic, uh, how can we follow you on Twitter and the like? Yeah, you can follow uh, all follow the Star Wars Underworld on, on Twitter and Instagram at the SWU, you know, like Star Wars Underworld. And you can follow me personally at... Dominic J25 on both Twitter and Instagram and then there's the Star Wars Underworld Facebook page where you get all the all the news and podcasts and and, and all that as well as the website starwarsunderworld.com uh, for all, for all of your breaking Star Wars news and, and convention coverage and great stuff <laughs> I'm really bad at plugging my own things now. I don't know what's what's with me no, but it's, it's, good. A, it's a great the, sure. the podcast and the site and the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagram <laughs> are all fine bits yeah. of Star Wars entertainment. So, uh, it, gets the, it gets the steel thumbs up. There you awesome. go. There you go. Um, but thanks, Dom. And uh, I look forward to uh, gushing with you about yes. how good a film we just saw. Yes, December. Well, I guess you, you get it on the 17th. So, you're lucky i have to wait another day so i'll be kind of i'll be i'll be sitting there going i'm trying trying not to listen to your podcast from Uh, it's done as much as i want people to listen to my podcast i'd be i'd be annoyed if people that hadn't seen the film listened to the yeah yeah it's kind of how i feel if if people who who don't want spoilers listen to the spoiler stuff on our show it's like we told you, you don't have you don't have to listen to this part you can you can wait until the movie comes out and you know it's gonna be good well dominic may the force be with you may the force be with you too Hey you guys, I hope you enjoyed our New York Comic Con coverage with Dominic Jones from the Star Wars Underworld podcast. Give that pod a listen, it is super fun. And if you are after more podcasting from Steel Wars, check into our back catalogue and our newly designed website uh, at steelwars.com. Still got a few extra things to add, but it's looking pretty good. And you can suss a lot of the past episodes. If you want to hear more Dominic, he is on all over the San Diego Comic Con coverage. We did a five-part live 
blog pod. Uh, we slept out in the whole H line. We were there for the whole H presentation, and uh, it truly was the best of times. We've got live episodes with comedians analyzing Wikipedia episode 61. We've got Force Friday report. I visit episode 7's resistance base in Greenham Common in the UK. I talk to professional skateboarder Jason Rothmeyer about his Star Wars collection. Uh, Darren Hayes of Savage Garden. Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio. So many great back issues and also if you want to get more, if you've listened to them all, only the last 25 are left up, but you want to hear the further ones back and some exclusive supporter-only episodes, go to steelwars.com and sign up for the supporter page on Bandcamp for just $3 a month. You get our growing library of back episodes and weekly news and opinion shows with me going through the week's news and giving my take on what's going on. A very honest take, as you may have picked up on this episode. Uh, If you just want to support it through Spirit, the podcast, get on to iTunes and write a sweet five-star review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Steel Wars. And just search Steel Wars on Facebook and have some awesome conversations with a great bunch of very friendly, fun-loving Star Wars fans. I love interacting with them. And you will, too, on the Steel Wars Facebook. If you want a T-shirt, we have got the Wear Home T-shirt and the Lucas 1138. And you can get them on the Steel Wars merch store. And make sure you are subscribed in iTunes or your podcatcher. We have got some huge episodes coming up. Of course, we have got very soon a new trailer. So we'll be doing a live trailer watching episode where I watch the trailer for the very first time while podcasting with you guys. And also, Friday week... Announced it on the Instagram yesterday. Very excited. We have got film critic icon Leonard Moulton on the podcast. If you guys have seen the uh, the VHS versions of uh, the original Star Wars films, he interviewed George Lucas before each of those. He's had many interactions with George Lucas. We talk about them all. It is a fabulous chat with a great guy, Leonard Moulton, on the podcast Friday week. So, very excited. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you guys. Thanks so much for listening, and may the Force be with you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.